going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 118. And if you don't have a Bible, don't worry, it'll all be on the screen behind me. I'm going to ask everybody, if you got a bulletin, just turn it over to the back side. It's blank, and there's a pen right in front of you. And I'm going to give you a couple things to write down today, and it's kind of important for your life. And so I'm going to ask you to write those things down. They'll be on the screen as well. Maybe you want to write some of the scripture verses down so you can look at them later. But um, yeah, just grab that bulletin, grab a pen, and uh, let's get started. You probably uh, have a Bible verse memorized that you don't even know that you have memorized, and that's Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So you probably already had that memorized, because that's the Christian call to worship. It's spoken at so many churches around the world. It is the call to worship. It comes from Psalm 118. This is probably one of the most important psalms in the Bible. Now, they're all important, but this one is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. In fact, it's the only psalm that is found in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So this is an important psalm because when you read it, and I hope that you read it this week, we just saw the video, but it talks about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. But the psalm writer probably didn't know that as he was writing it, and yet it was a psalm that was sung for hundreds of years, and it was always sung after the Passover. That was a song that they would sing after the Passover when the meal had been eaten and the celebration was coming to an end, they would sing together Psalm 118, and it is probably the psalm that Jesus sang, the last thing he sang before he went to the cross for you and me. It says in Mark chapter 14, verse 26, they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. They sang and then Jesus went to the cross. They sang this psalm that talks about the stone that the builders rejected. That this is the day the Lord has made, that I will not die but live. There are powerful truths in this psalm. So I want to look at just a few verses. You can read the whole psalm throughout the week, this Easter week. But, but here's the first verse. It's this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. This is the number one refrain in all of Scripture. This is the most re-said thing in all of the Bible. The Lord is good. He's not bad, he's good. His love endures forever. God is not indifferent towards you. He is not fickle in his love. God loves you with an everlasting love. There's a covenant love between God and us. And so he says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Verse 14 says, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. How many of you need strength today? How many want the victory today, right? We want those things. And he says, look, I'm guaranteeing you these things. They are secured in me. In verse 17, he says this, I will not die, but live. Now, this is probably the most important part of this whole psalm. In fact, it's so powerful that Martin Luther had it put on the wall of his study. And this is what Luther said about it. He said, This is the psalm that I love, for it has often served me well and has helped me out of grave troubles. When neither 
Emperors, kings, wise men, clever men, nor saints could have helped me. These words helped him. I will not die, but live. I will not die, but live. God always brings life out of death. And as I said before, and I'll say it again, and we will say it all day long, that in Christ, death never has the final victory. It's never the end. Jesus won the battle against our greatest final enemy, death, and we have new life in him. And no one but Jesus can save us from death. And let me tell you why. Because Jesus was the only person, the only person that ever was or ever will be, he's the only person that borrowed his tomb. He's the only person that said, hey, Joseph, I don't need this very long. Can I have it for three days? Amen. Amen. Buddha didn't borrow his tomb. Muhammad didn't borrow his tomb. All the Dalai Lamas, they didn't borrow their tombs. Even good people who followed Christ, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, they didn't borrow their tombs. You're not going to borrow yours. I'm not going to borrow mine. Jesus is the only one that borrowed his tomb. Because Jesus said, he prophesied over and over again throughout the Gospels, I'm going to die. I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to give up my life. And he prophesied that over and over and over again. But he never said he was going to die without also saying, in three days, I will rise from the dead. As many times as the cross is prophesied, the resurrection is prophesied, that's Jesus saying, I am going to conquer death. And you will know that death is conquered when I come out of that grave. I will not die but live. Jesus fulfills this verse, and his death was not permanent. It will happen. It did happen according to scriptures, according to all the prophecies. His death was not the end of the story, though. He was going to live again. He was going to rise again. Death would not hold Jesus down. He was going to be resurrected by the power of God, and as it said in our psalm, generations would tell the story of his resurrection. Nothing, listen to me, nothing can stop the resurrection. That's the good news, that death has been defeated. And that's what we celebrate today. And that's why we say, this is the day the Lord has made. That's why we rejoice, because Jesus conquered death. It has been defeated, and Christ was the first to rise, and someday all of us will rise with him. Jesus said to Mary at the death of Lazarus in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Death is not the final verdict on our existence. When our faith is in Christ, there's always a resurrection. Death will never have the final word. We say it again, I will not die, but live. The Apostle Paul understood what it was like to live in this resurrection power because he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed 
but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Yeah, there are going to be hard things in life, difficult things in life. We're going to suffer some things in life. But there's always a resurrection. There's always hope. God is on our side, and he is with us, and he will get us through. And I'm going to tell you today, this is what's so important, is that we think of the resurrection. Well, yes, someday when Jesus comes back, we'll rise from the dead and be with him. Listen, you can walk in that resurrection power right now. You can live in it right now because Jesus says that when you are in him, the old man is gone and you are a new person. That he makes us new. That's what we call a born again. That we're born into something brand new with God. And he is at work inside of us. The old is gone. The new has come. He makes us righteous. He makes us holy. And he says, I want you to walk in that resurrection power. That's why Paul, even though he went through all those things, didn't get discouraged. Because he knew that the victory belonged to him. He knew that God was watching out for him. He knew that his past, which was so bad, had been removed. We put our garbage out on the street on garbage day, right? And miraculously, sometime through the day, it's taken away. That's, uh, thank you to all the garbage men here. I mean, that's just a, an awesome thing. What if the garbage men actually brought our garbage back to us? Yeah, you left this outside last week. I thought you might, you know. Um, no, I mean, it's like, listen, the old is gone. Don't keep going back to the garbage. The old is gone. The new has come. Jesus takes our sins away. And then he says that he is our advocate. And that's what I love about it is because he's our advocate with the Father. And so when the Father looks at us, he actually sees Jesus. And so if the Father sees Jesus, I need to know that I'm righteous, that I'm holy, that I'm forgiven, that I walk in that same power. I need to see myself as God sees me. There was a man who traveled across the Atlantic on a cruise ship, but he never ate in the dining room. Instead, he would go off and sit in the corner and eat cheese and crackers he had brought with him. Near the end of the trip, another man asked him, why don't you come into the banquet hall and eat with us? The traveler's face fell blushed with embarrassment. He said, well, to tell you the truth, I only had enough money just to buy the ticket." The other passenger shook his head and said, Sir, the meals were included with the price of the tickets. Jesus said on the cross, It is finished. It's paid in full. There's nothing left for you to do. Nothing left for you to earn. It's been paid in full. And too often in our life, We end up living on cheese and crackers and not getting all that God has. We know, hey, well, there's a banquet table someday when we get to heaven and we'll be all around the banquet table. There's a banquet table right now in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that you can walk in today. It's available to you today. So grab hold of all that God has for you, not just a part. Don't try to keep earning it. Don't try to keep holding on to it. You have it. God is with you, the God who raised from the dead, who is alive, seated at the right hand of the Father. We need to get his perspective on our lives. I want to let you know today that there's an enemy that is against you. The Bible says, and I love the Bible because it tells us what God wants us to know, and the Bible says that there's a thief, there's the devil, there's an enemy that comes to steal, kill, 
and destroy. He says, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly, that resurrection power. God says, I want to give you that resurrection power, but the devil's job is to distract you from the resurrection power. The resurrection power that you have in Christ, and he will distract you even with good things. And if he can't get you with good things, he'll get you with urgent things. And then our lives will get so scattered and we'll get so busy doing so much that we will forget about this resurrection power. And that's what I love about coming to church. And, and I know you're here on Easter, so I want to focus you in on the resurrection power and what Jesus did for you, because that's what we need to be focused on in this life. We need to be focused on what God did for us and who we are in him. We need to focus on what God wants for you. There's something about power and focus. Our, our boys loved magnifying glasses, not that they wanted to read anything, but that they could start fires in the backyard with the, the sunlight and burn ants and different things because at least their house didn't burn down. But anyway, they, just, they, would, they would be out there for hours with the magnifying glass just, you know, focusing the power of the sun. You focus light even more, it becomes a laser that can cut through anything or, or do surgery and heal. There's there's power and focus, and what I love about Jesus is he was so focused in this life. He knew the cross was his destiny. Jesus, whenever it was asked, why are you here? I, I, I came to seek and save the lost. I came to be your savior. He taught. He did miracles. He was a good man, but he came to save us. That's why he came. And so he was so focused on the cross. I believe that, that we need to focus on God and what he has for our lives, that you are designed to, to be an amazing machine with 12 cylinders and, and power, and too often we, we are driving around on four cylinders, not even realizing the power that we have. We don't know what to focus on. And you may say, what, what, what am I supposed to focus on? Okay, I know, I'm, I know I'm supposed to focus on something, but what am I supposed to focus on? Listen to me. Focus on things that last. Focus your life on things that last. Some things will last for eternity. Some things last for decades. Some things last for a few years or a few months. Some things in life last for for moments. You should choose the things that will last forever. The things that will matter a, a million years from now or a billion years from now or a trillion years from now. We need to focus on those things that, that matter for eternity. And you may say, well, that, that, that's good for you as a pastor. You can focus on those things. No, this is for all of us because a lot of people say, I'm just too busy. My life is so crazy. I can't focus on eternity. I can't focus on what's important. Listen, that same lame excuse was given to Jesus over and over and over again. Yeah, Jesus, I can't follow you because I got this and I got that. And, and you know what? He didn't take any of the excuses. He said, this is what's most important. Do not get distracted. This is urgent those excuses never work with Jesus then, and they don't work with him now. Focus your life on what is important. And then there's other people that say, tell you what, I'll just figure it out on my own. I know there are important things in life and stuff, but I'll just figure it out on my own, or I'll figure it out later. 
I want to give you a Bible verse that's, that's really important. It'll be on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. We are free to do anything we please. But not all things are helpful, expedient, profitable, and wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. Listen, you're free to do whatever you want. You can, you can literally do whatever you want because that's how God made you. He gave you a free will. You can do whatever you want. When, when you come to church, no one controls you when you come to church. And, and God will not control. If you, if you decide, hey, I want to waste my life, God will let you. He just will. Because that's how he designs. Like, it's a free will. This is your choice. And so you have three options. You can waste your life, you can spend your life, or you can invest your life. You can do any of those things. You are free to do any of those things, but the best way is to invest your life in that which outlasts your life. That's what's important. God talks about it in his word. And if you are just living in the urgent and living for right now, you are wasting your life. You're only focused on the thing that's right in front of you. It's just such short-term thinking. It was difficult to watch earlier this week as the cathedral in Paris burned. That was hard to watch. That building lasted almost 700 years. You think about what it outlasted. It outlasted world wars. It outlasted revolutions. It outlasted Napoleon. I mean, it outlasted so many things, but a small fire took it down. I know they talk about rebuilding, but, but even if they rebuild, someday it'll be gone. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing in this world lasts forever. Jesus wanted us to get this, so he told us this. In the most important sermon Jesus ever preached, it was the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 6, this is what he says. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and fire, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And what is important to you? What are you focusing your life on? Are you focusing your life on right now in this moment, living for the moment? Or are you focused on eternity. Listen, you are going to spend a lot more time outside of this life than inside of this life. This life is not all there is. You're going to spend a lot more time outside of this life than inside of this life. And so where are you investing yourself? Let's go back to the scripture once again. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. We're free to do anything we please, but not all things are helpful, expedient, profitable, and wholesome. All things are legitimate but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. Listen, there are some things in life that aren't necessarily bad. They're just not necessary. There are things in life that aren't necessarily wrong or evil, but they're just not necessary. So we want to focus on our life on what is necessary. And you look at that scripture and so you want to focus your life 
on the things that are helpful and expedient and profitable and wholesome. We want to invest our life in things that are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. We want to invest in what matters most. And on today above all days, we focus on the power of the resurrection. That you last forever. And that God's given you that power, not just for someday, but for right now. That we would focus on Christ and what he did for us on the cross. That he came and he died for our sins. He came to be our Savior. To wash us clean. Though our sins be like scarlet, he has washed them as white as snow. And then he didn't stay on the cross or in the grave. He rose and he said, I'm giving you abundant life. Rich, full, satisfying, powerful life. It is yours. We focus our life on Christ and the power of the resurrection. And so let me give you some help that when you are tempted to be distracted, when you are tempted to be overwhelmed, when you are tempted in this life that it's just, it's, it's, it's too difficult and there's too much suffering and we get overwhelmed, can I, can I push you back to Psalm 118? We only looked at a few verses today, but, but you can go back to that psalm all this week. Make that your study this week. If, if you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles out in the lobby. You can just take a look in the, 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 concord, or the, the beginning. It'll tell you right where it's at. Psalm 118, and look at what it says. And so when you're getting distracted and when you're getting overwhelmed, you'll begin by looking at that first verse. The Lord is good, and his love endures forever. God is good. He's not out to get me. He's not out to curse me. He's out to love me and bless me, and his power never runs out. And we got to get a hold of that. So when we're discouraged, we go back, and we keep going back, and we keep going back. And then what does he say? He says, there is strength and victory in me. When you're feeling weak, when you feel like you're losing, you just say, no, my strength and victory is in you. And then when you wake up in the morning, you say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And then when it gets hopeless, you say, I will not die, but live. That's the promise of this passage of Scripture, and that's God's promise to you. Amen? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? I want to pray for everyone that came today. And again, I'm so glad that you're here. Jesus came, and he lived, and he died, and he rose again. And he did it for you. He did it for me. It's not for a select few. It is for all mankind. Jesus died once and for all. He died on the cross because there is sin in our life. There are things that separate us from God. We have done things our own way. We have not followed him. We have rejected him. We have rebelled against him. But he is not a God of anger. He is not a God that will push you away. He is the Father, a good, good Father, calling you home. That's why Jesus died on a cross for our sins. That our sins could be forgiven. But the choice is yours. It's up to you. And all you need to do this morning 
is just say to the Lord, I, I admit my need for you. I admit my sin and I repent. I turn from my way and I go your way. And the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus rose from the dead, we believe the message of this day that you will be saved. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But I want to make it very clear that there is nothing magical in this prayer. The power is in Jesus. And we're going to talk about inviting Christ into our heart, but in reality, we are going to be in Christ. And if we're in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. There is new life and new power. You will be whole and you will be forgiven and it will be the best decision that you've ever made. And so I'm going to ask you to, um, to repeat this prayer after me. And just mean it from your heart. We're all going to pray it so that you don't feel self-conscious. This is just between you and God, but everybody's going to say it out loud. So I'm going to ask you to repeat these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sin. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.